Extra Points is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesars Rewards. You must be 21 or older. Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Martin Weiss. All right, welcome to the Extra Points Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you on a Thursday morning. Yeah, Mikey Meatballs, Eddie Spaghetti, fiddling with the knobs, babyface Joel Solomon is producing this mess. And joining me as always, my dear, dear pal, Martin Weiss, my other dear pal, Dave Damashek is not here. He is... um. I think he's in a van selling picket for president t-shirts. I don't know. Driving cross country. He will be sponsored by Uh, Accusure. Yeah. Sponsored by Accusure. Of course. Uh, He has to make out on the big, uh, big sponsorship name, but uh, happy December to you, Martin. Um, I I saw December 1st and I freaked out a little bit. That means a monster Amex bill is coming my way in 30 days. And that also means it's time to make money. So we're going to, yeah, I mean, pretty much the same reaction here. Black Friday to Cyber Monday is me bugging everybody in there in my life. What do you want for Christmas? Because I try to shut Christmas down around December 15th, but somehow I still stay spending until December 31st. Like it doesn't seem to end until at least New Year's Eve. This is the tough time of the year, especially financially. But luckily, I'll be working every holiday, so I'll get a little bonus pay. Yeah, but we're going to give out money. We're going to make some money tonight on the Buffalo-New England game. That's going to be fun. I think we're on the same side. I listened to Lemon Pepper Parlay uh, with you and Will Blackman. We have Jeff Schwartz coming up at the uh, bottom of the hour. You can't read. I mean, you know, I say bottom of the hour, but if you you started listening – to this podcast at 4.15 in the afternoon. It's not really bottom of the hour. So I can't be cool like that, Martin, and say bottom of the hour. But he will be here. <laughs> Jeff Schwartz, former Oregon Duck, former New York Giant, Eddie Spaghetti. We'll talk about the Giants and the Washington Commanders. We're going to talk with Jeff also about USC, Utah, big conference championship weekend coming up. Uh, I do want to point people to extrapoints.com slash arcade. We have our pick'em contest. We have our prop quiz contest, a hundred bucks, gold cap up for grabs. November prop culture is settled. The winner is Jordan Anderson. He got seven, right? Good job by you. Who will be sent a gold cap and we're going to have December prop culture up tomorrow. All right, Martin, let's do it. Buffalo, New England tonight. Buffalo minus three and a half. It's in Foxborough. It was five and a half. Now three and a half. Really tight. The total went down a point also to 43 and a half. I think I love this game for New England. I really do too much. I know they're the inferior team ultimately, but I think they've had this game circled on their calendar for a while. It's a bit of a revenge. 47-17 they lost. Remember back in January? They play them the last game of the year. May or may not mean anything for Buffalo. Probably will. Um, but they need this one. You can't lose two to New England. I'm sorry, you can't lose two to Buffalo. And then you have seven losses. You're in trouble. I don't think the old man lets it happen. I like the Bills to lose 21-19. What do you say? Yeah, I, I this was bordering. I was thinking about making it my pup of the week if it wasn't Thursday night. I love the Patriots in this spot. If like from everything that you just said is true, but then also just looking at the humanity aspect from Buffalo, having to travel from Buffalo to Detroit, back to Buffalo, back to Detroit, in the middle of the holidays. Now they're going back to New England. They've really been on the road the last four weeks, even though they're supposed to be at home. Uh, I, I really kind of feel like it's a schedule loss for the Bills. And they've been flirting with it the last three games and the two and one since Allen uh, hurt, hurt his UCL. Um, and I like the way that Mac Jones looked on Thanksgiving. 
Uh, I don't know if he's going to be the long-term answer in New England. It doesn't seem like New England knows if he's going to be the long-term answer either. But, I mean, I think he's shown that he's got some ability and ability to move the ball. But really, I think this comes down to the the Patriots defense. If they're able to do whatever they didn't do against Minnesota. But if Patriots defense can stop and kind of hold down digs and and get to Allen a few times, which between Uche and Drew Dodd, I don't see a problem. They both get to the quarterback a ton. Uh, I like New England. Yeah. I love New England in this spot. Yeah, like you said, their weak defense took a week off uh, against Minnesota. Number two still overall DVOA uh, defensive scoring right there. And Belichick, you know, both teams had a week off. This is one of those rare Thursday games where one or even both, if not one, have a full uh, week's rest. So I think he'll have them prepared. Bills, like you said, been slipping a little. One and three against the spread in the last four, at least against the spread, right? They haven't yeah. looked good. Pat seven and three against the number in the last 10 at home. Yeah, I, I'm with you with Mac Jones. Uh, I'm not, I don't think he's going to spray the ball all over the field, but, um, you know, Los, it, it is a very weird game. Spaghetti, what was it when they played on that Monday night game? There were like five passes total. What was that? Was last year, right? Seven, that was a weird game with seven. the bad wind and the, and the really yeah. cold game. Yeah, there was no passes, but it was single digit passes. Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to handicap this between the 47-17 in January and the game where nobody passed. But I think Belichick will have some kind of plan. Um, Bills, again, not not great without Von Miller. It's funny. I have them on all sorts of futures. I need them to get going at some point. But um, I don't think uh, tonight's the night. All right. Martin and I. This is the one thing that concerns me on this, though. When's the last time we saw New England in primetime? Well, obviously not Thanksgiving. The last time we saw New England in primetime against a running quarterback, people had Justin Fields ready to supplant him and and Lamar Jackson as the most athletic quarterback in the league. So that gives me cause for concern here because if Josh Allen just decides to, you know, tuck it and run, as like that could be an issue. But still, I'm still with the Patriots. Yeah, and that – Monday night game is interesting because they kind of turned it around. Now I know they had two wins against the Jets, um, who are a playoff team. So you can't even say that anymore. But right now they're a playoff team. But had they not lost that Vikings game, which you know came down to one play, they would have been going for five in a row here. Uh, yeah. the Patriots. So I think they're a little better than people are um giving them credit for. And I think this is a must-win. Take the three and a half. Uh, Martin and I agree. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Your first bet with Caesars Sportsbook and Casino. It's on Caesars up to $1,250. Download the app with promo code C-Z-R-F-U-L-L and place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get it all back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you a thousand tier credits and a thousand reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer free stays, game tickets, experiences, and more. You must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ontario, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, and Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Yes, you have to know when to stop before you start. If you have a gambling problem in Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, or if you know someone who has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in Maryland, visit MarylandGamblingMDGamblingHelp.org or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net, Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700, Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. 
Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. That's 467-369. Visit C-O-N-N-E-X-Ontario.ca or call 1-866-531-2600 or text C-O-N-N-E-X to 247-247. Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, Martin. Let's do this. Philadelphia, Tennessee. This is another one. Another underdog I love. Nice, solid chunk of points for Vrabel's Titans. Pretty gritty team. Philly minus five. They're home. Um, I know Tennessee lost to the Bengals last week at home, but I really like them in this spot. The calendar turns to December. We were bemoaning it, but all of a sudden, I don't know, people say it and it sounds stupid, but it's all of a sudden very difficult to tackle Derrick Henry. I, I, you can make him fumble in the end zone uh, in November, but you can't tackle him in December. And I love this defense. Titans uh, third in rushing yards per game, 84.5. They're five and zero against the number in the last five road games. I like, I just like Vrabel on the spot. Uh, he and Tannehill 11, five and one against the spread and straight up after a loss as a duo. I say Titans pull off the upset 23, 17. Yeah. I love the Titans here too. Um, if nothing else, like from everything, obviously you just said, I agree with on the Philly side of it. They don't distribute their points evenly. They don't score in the second half quite often, except for that game against Indianapolis where they had to score in the second half. But again, that's a game against Indianapolis who hasn't, you know, a a commentator for a head coach. So, you know, Philly has been great this season, but their inability to to really defend the run, I think, rears his ugly head here. Derrick Henry has not had his uh, his yards per carry. I think the last three games has been under three and a half. I think mm-hmm. we see over that this game, like you said, in December, he just gets that much harder to tackle. Every year around this time, we see one of those 85-yard runs that he just takes off a kickoff. You know, they come out offense first and 10, hand it to him, and he's gone. Right. Um, and without, you know, Jordan Davis being nicked up, yeah, I like Tennessee here, especially when you have two offenses that are going to be depending on running the ball. We went over this, Martin, on against all odds. Josh Jacobs plus 175. We went over some of the tighter odds for the position players. Josh Jacobs, most rushing yards, plus 175. Derrick Henry, plus 260. Nick Chubb, plus 300. Is it as simple as you can't tackle Derrick Henry in the winter? 
I don't know, Nick Chubb, maybe going to get the ball less with Deshaun Watson, at quarterback, while he figures stuff out. And Josh Jacobs, all right, he made enough of a play for his contract year. Can maybe see him sitting a game or two. Or uh, do you like Chubb or Jacobs in this? I, I would have to go with Jacobs. I, I'd go, I'd go Jacobs first, then Henry. So I'd pretty much in order of the odds. But I wouldn't pick Chubb. I no. think I, you inserting Deshaun Watson into this offense, like it's not going to be turn around and hand the ball off thirty five times a game like it was with Jacoby Brissett. It's just not. That's you didn't trade all those picks and and make him pay all that guaranteed money for him specifically with all the things going on with him for him not to throw the ball. So I, yeah, I, I, that that yeah, it gives. I don't know about that. I have Jacobs at six to one. I think I bet it like a month ago. I think he was 30 to one. I think we said uh, preseason to uh, lead the league in rushing yards. He has a free game over everybody. He's like 111 yards ahead of Derrick Henry. So I'll stick, uh, I'll stick with Jacobs, but it does get interesting down the stretch. All right, let's take a look uh, next game. So yeah, I'm saying 23, 17 um, Titans pull off that win like that. over Philly mini Soda and the Jets, a three-point favorite. Oh, man. Mar, it seems like every week there's a minus three, and you look at it, and you say, oh, it's too low. They're trying to trap you. And, you, and then you stay away, and you want to vomit when that team wins by 20 oh, two yeah. hours later, right? I think this is the I think this is the one. I, I'm down on the Jets more than a lot of people. I get it. Their defense is very solid. Uh, I'm not buying this Mike White thing. I mean, let's remember, last year he crushed the Bengals, right? who went to the Super Bowl. And then the following week, he had 95 yards passing against the Colts. And the following week, he had four interceptions against the Bills. And that was the last we heard of him until Zach Wilson said something stupid in a press conference. And now he's a starting quarterback. He looked good. I don't think he'll look good against Darius Smith, the 61 pressures, and this uh, Vikings defense. I'm saying 27-17. And I don't even love the Vikings, but they do go over their win total, nine and a half, with a victory over the Jets, 27-17. What do you say? Yeah, this is where we split. Uh, mm. Zach Wilson has been the worst quarterback in the NFL, and that's including backups. Uh, so he's playing for the Jets. I think the idea that you just have a live body playing mm. quarterback instead of Zach Wilson just helps that much more. And this Jets team loves Mike White, and I get it that he's not going to be the guy, but I think the bridge is going to be extended just a little while longer. I can't say they win this game. But I think they they're 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 live in it the entire time. Especially, I gotta think Sauce Gardner is gonna have some have something for Justin Jefferson. And if Justin Jefferson is somehow, I mean, just think about when the Vikings were you know they came out. Justin Jefferson's killing the Packers. Aaron Rodgers says he's the best uh, receiver in the league. And he has mm-hmm. a couple down games, so to speak. And the Vikings offense, I mean, they won, but the Vikings offense was not necessarily the reason. With this Jets team. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with Mike White at least one more week. I'm going. Yeah, I'm taking Mike White in the points, but I do think that Minnesota probably wins. So I'm, yeah, I'm calling six it close. Six and one, six and one straight up in the last seven home games. Jefferson Sauce Gardner is a fun matchup. I mean, they should have an alternate broadcast just for that, right? Um, he's broken up 14 passes this year, but you know there's gonna be one or two 50-50 balls. He probably won't get to. And uh, but I think you're right. You know, Mac Jones had a career resurgence against this uh Viking squad. So maybe, maybe Mike White could uh I think they're just gonna dump him a lot. I think he's gonna get sacked. This Vikings you know, pass rush, I think, is um a little more underrated. I'll, yeah, I say I stay in with 27, 17 and the Vikings. Game of the week. Well, I don't even know if we can call this a game of the week because San Francisco, Miami is pretty great too, but Kansas yeah. City 
minus two at Cincinnati. Has that changed? I think it's about the same. Uh, I'm going to be all over Mahomes here. You know, this is talk about games that are circled on the calendar, and it, it's pretty easy for Kansas City the rest of the way. They're, they weathered the storm. They had a very, very tough schedule uh, to start, and now they're at Cincinnati, who seems to be coming into their own. But let's face it, they were up 21-7 in the regular season game last year. They blew that. They blew the AFC championship, which we all know, some nonsense before halftime. They couldn't even score. But Mahomes, this whole weird thing with that, he doesn't lose in November and December. It's a real... You have to start considering this to be like you, you can't just ignore that he's won 26 straight games in November and December uh, as a favorite or th- of three or less or as an underdog. He's 17, five and one. I, I like this game way over and I like it 36, 28 for Kansas City. You know, we really are getting and I know this is not a unique take, but to the LeBronization of of Mahomes. But it's just we're in year two or three of that. Like we're in year 20 of LeBron now in the NBA, but imagine, well, you could have done it. I, I was like in the eighth grade, but if you could have bet on LeBron every year to win, you know what I'm saying? To, to, to yeah. go over and do all of this. And it's like, obviously he's going to continue to do so. That's where we are with Mahomes right now. Take it to the bank. So like, I, the idea that like blind bet Kansas city, anything less than three, I love the Bengals. I absolutely love the Bengals. Amaran son or whatever his name is, the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He's got those guys who you can't name four Bengals defensive starters, but they shut people down. The south of South of San Francisco to me, they're the most uh, impre- one of the more impressive defensive units out there. I don't care. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is the best player in football. He should be this year's MVP. He gets this win, but in turn, like. I think it'll be close. I think it should be close. But again, like you said, the Chiefs should be super motivated for this. I do think the Bengals are going to go on a run and be a player in the AFC. So this is a whole bunch of me talking about like how I have no idea how this game's going to go. But if that's the case, I'm going to take the best player, and that's Mahomes. All right. The best player has the fifth best defense against the run, too. Uh, Patrick Mahomes Chiefs. So that's uh, against uh, Sammy Perrine and, uh, you know, banged up uh, Joe Mixon if he comes back from the concussion. So, uh, yeah, I, think I just was, think this was, is... I think he practiced yesterday, you know, yeah. so I think I saw reports he was trying to get out there today. So I think we might... I think we'll see Mixon play. Yeah, this is an Andy Reid special. I love it. I love this game. Those late afternoon games are uh, solid. The second one is San Francisco minus four over Miami. This 49ers defense is not allowed a point in the last four second halves combined. I mean, it's basically a soccer game when they get involved. They don't give up anything. Uh, Jimmy G, I'm looking at these numbers. When he plays West in the Pacific time zone, 15 and three, 12, five and one against the spread. I just, I think there's too much of an advantage here for Shanahan. He's going against the protege McDaniel on the other side. Doesn't want to get embarrassed. He gave them all their running backs. So Salvin, Ahmed and Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson all play for the Dolphins. Um, back to Jimmy G. Somehow, 49ers top 10 passing offense. Uh, I like them 26 14. Yeah, I like the Niners here as well. Uh, this is another one that I feel like is a super toss up, but it's just more like, uh, you know, teacher versus student. Mike McDaniel, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? We've seen Shanahan dominate Sean McVay. And that was his assistant. Mike McDaniel was his assistant before he went over there to Miami. So I think we'll probably see something similar there. Like, I think the Shanahan, like, that's going to be my thing. And then Miami also, their defense against the run. Like, you look at some of these numbers that, of course, Miami's offense is like, you know, greatest show on turf type thing. But 
their defense gives up a lot of yards, it feels like. And I think San Francisco will be able to run the ball on them, even though they have some running back injuries. Uh, they're going to be committed to running the ball. So I like I like San Francisco to win, and I'm going to take them to cover, but I do think it'll be a closer game. But I think, like, San Francisco by five. All right, Dolphins are 0-3-1 against the spread last four road games versus a team with a winning home record, and that's the uh, 49ers who have just uh, – Lit this division on fire. I mean, they're up a game and a half now on Seattle. Like, there's only two divisions. We talked about it earlier in the week that are really up for grabs odds-wise, and that's the AFC North and the uh, AFC East. All right, uh, Spaghetti, I want to talk about the Giants-Commanders because it is disrespectful that the Giants are getting a point and a half at home. I'm going with your Giants here. The Commanders aren't world beaters, right? It's like you look at them and every game's kind of the same. They could have lost last week. Just some turnover at the goal line there. Uh, otherwise, you know, why, why shouldn't the Giants, who are getting players back, win this game? It's must win for the Giants here, right? Exactly. You said it, Sal. Uh, they're getting a bunch of players back. In fact, um, they are getting back, I think, somewhere between eight and nine players. Uh, or, or at least they were limited or full participation hmm. in practice. Eight or nine players who take significant snaps for the Giants. So that's that's pretty good. Um, not that this matters is more of like a Harry stat, a historical fact. But Daniel Jones, four and one versus the Commanders or the uh, the Washington football franchise in his career. So he clearly could be that team. Um, I think they have not had a, their buy yet, the Commanders. They're heading to the bye after this game. So if you want to right. pick the commanders to split with the Giants, your your money's probably better spent on the game after their bye when they are home versus the game um, coming up in MetLife. So I do like the Giants at home. Um, you know, they showed some life first the Cowboys in the first half. I know the commanders have kind of gone on this little bit of a, a hot run here, this little streak. But their, their victory is really outside of the, the uh, Eagles win. They're beating a bunch of poor teams. Um, so I'm not too enthralled with, you know, the Taylor Hines. I think Giants yeah. take care of business, win this game. It'll be a close one because the Giants are, just, are still missing a lot of key players, but uh, I think they'll get they'll, they'll take care of business and win this game. I think another bet out there that I would jump on is Barkley, uh, comeback player of the year. We haven't discussed this one in a while. Two to one odds. Geno Smith became the favorite while no one was paying attention at minus 300. I think Seattle goes away a little bit. I think the Giants hang on to that playoff spot. And uh, I'm, thus, I'm giving Barkley, I, who I think is going to have a big game this weekend, at plus 200 for comeback player of the year. Martin, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, everything that y'all said vibes. But the other thing, Taylor Heineke, like if the back judge doesn't, or the umpire rather, doesn't get in the way, there's an interception against Minnesota, and they lose that, like in, in that game's a blowout. Like it. Uh -huh. There's a lot of different things that are, and I hate to like be like that stupid Eagles play the way that that Eagles thing, the way that ended. Yeah, it's just like too celebrating. much. It's too yeah. much luck with this guy. Like you know, it's and I get it. He's got moxie, and you know, me and uh, me and Will Blackman were talking about like you know, if you don't have quarterback face, you got to have it right. And he's got it. Like people want to run through walls for this guy, but that doesn't right. mean I'm gonna bet on him. All right, like <laughs> like I just can't. The Giants are the better team. They've been the better team all year. And also, too, to me, the Giants have found a way to win games that uh -huh. doesn't put their players that, – that puts their players in the best position to succeed. If you want Daniel Jones dropping back, throwing the ball 40 times a game, good luck, champ. You know what I'm saying? Like that, And that's what it feels like the, the Washington football team is doing with Heineke. Like they, they should be running the ball better than they are, and they don't with Robinson and Gibson. And I just, yeah, I, no, I'm taking the Giants. I'm taking Dayball. The Giants, yeah. play, they, they need to be in the playoffs. Get this I just, team out of here. You know, whatever. They took the Eagles by surprise, right? I don't think the 
the commanders are taking anyone by surprise and, and now playing in a hostile environment, those two combined. Uh, and I'm not even, I'm, I don't, I don't think they're the better team really. And so I'm not sure why they're favored here. Uh, I would take the giants for sure. I think spaghetti's right. Take, if you like Washington, take them after the buy. I think they play in three weeks uh, against the giants in the uh, rematch. Hey, I'm looking here on Caesars. It has um, lowest scoring team. We've not done this lowest scoring team, Martin. Is it mm. smart to just take the Broncos at five to one and close your eyes? I mean, just take the Broncos every week at five to one, right? And uh, you're going to win in the next three weeks before December. I think you would have right? at least hit at least, you know, what are we, week 12? You would have at least yeah. five of them things, five to one. Mm-hmm. That's worth it. Broncos five to one, Rams seven to one. They're home against Seattle. The Colts plus 750. They're at Dallas. Uh, Saint, oh, your Saints eight to one at Tampa Bay. I wouldn't like that. Giants twelve to one. Texans fifteen to one. Worst record. They'll probably end up with the worst record, but home against Cleveland. Um, Spaghetti. You like any of these? I, I, I'm just going Denver. I think Baltimore. I don't even know that it's a blowout. It could be like sixteen six or something. I'd love to be cynical and pick the Giants, but uh, I actually <laughs> will. I will go with the Broncos. We talked about them in minus three yesterday with Hench and, and Sheck. I mean, the lowest scoring offense since the 2000 Cleveland Browns are scoring like a shade over 14 points a game. Um, right. Obviously, you saw the the you know the defensive lineman screaming at Russell Wilson, and then the news came out <laughs> yesterday that he had a birthday party thrown by Sierra, and uh, less than half the team attended on their wow. off day. So I think not only is he playing poorly, and there's no connection with Hackett. But there's clearly a divide in the locker room, too. So I think that that does mean a very, very low scoring offense. Don't, don't you feel like, Martin, if uh, like the rest of us would be like, oh, my God, nobody showed up to the birthday. But Russell Wilson's like, oh, my God, 27 guys showed up to my birthday party. I feel like he's uh, he's in a world of his own and he wouldn't even um, wouldn't even take the hint. Yeah, I mean, I, either way, that's what he would. That's the energy he would have. He's not going right. to be like. uh like yeah. Junior at the funeral in the Sopranos. He's like, nobody's here. It's like, right, you know, right, right. Like, well, Tony's like, I'm here. Hang on a second. Yeah. You know, Carmela, <laughs> I'm here. And first of all, shout out to Meatballs and, uh, and Spaghetti for coming to my birthday party. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Oh, yeah. yeah. This, oh, yeah. I, I you, you know what? You were the I perfect person to ask. We, we also yeah. went to Russell Wilson's. <laughs> you were there. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I was at Russell's, but not not Martin's. Uh, Can I interest you in the Colts being the lowest scoring team this week? I'm looking at some of these others. I would I would think that, but they might just be so out of it that they score a couple of points in the fourth quarter against us. But yeah, I just yeah, have this not? vision of the Cowboys getting up 14 points in the first quarter, mm-hmm. and now Matt Ryan's got to throw the ball, and Michael Parsons is just hunting. Yeah. Down after down after down after down and 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 an Armstrong and I just see like if the if the Cowboys get a lead, this thing's over early. And the only thing we're worried about is the eleven, right? I might. You're right. I might take a few of these. I don't know why I'm in love with this now, but now that we've seen enough of all these bad teams, Broncos, Colts, and then maybe one long shot. I don't know. I might take the Commanders. Why not? Why do they have to score twenty five points in the uh, and MetLife, 20, and you get 25 to 1. Pretty good. All right, check it all out on Caesars. Hey, we got our guy coming up, Jeff Schwartz. We'll take one more break, and we'll be back. All right, let's bring in our guest. He's a friend of the show, possibly the best friend of the show. We might have to make ankle bracelets. Uh, before his career in the NFL, he started three years at the University of Oregon, but more importantly, holds the pack. 10 record for rushing by a right tackle at three yards. Nice job. 
And it's my greatest, my greatest accomplishment <laughs> of all my 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 sports playing career. <laughs> he is the only former offensive lineman named Jeff in sports media without a head coaching job in the NFL. I looked it up. Uh, host of Pac-12 today. And Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you podcast. Our good pal, Jeff Schwartz. What's happening, Jeff? I need to, I mean, look, Trent Dilfer just got a job, man. Where's my, where's my job at? I need to, I need to petition like Oregon or the Giants or the Panthers. No, Panthers. I live in Charlotte. Panthers. Hit me up, man. I'll, I'll you be your coach. I know you're saying that as a joke, but as the Jeff Saturdays and the sports media members get hired, you must be like, I could do this, right? I, I should get a call at least. No? Uh I would be a good offensive line coach, but I don't want to do the hours. Like a mm. head coach, I don't know. I, I think I'd be too laid back to be a head coach. Um, I could use my timeouts, though. I feel like I'd be a good game manager. Like I'd be <laughs> able to call timeout and get where we're supposed to go. But look, Jeff Saturday, he was working with the Colts for two years, right? Like this wasn't like out of the blue sort of. Yeah. Um, and there's a report today that they want Jim Harbaugh. They're trying to get Jim Harbaugh to be there. Really? Head coach. So yeah, you need so, to become friendlier with the with the owners of, of several teams or the yes. head coaches or whatever, right? So this is on you, I think. At this it's point. it's totally my fault. If, if I was a, a better schmoozer and mm. better better uh, you know uh, a marketer of my own talents, I'd be a head coach somewhere. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know, I uh, you know we talked about it, and Martin talked about it on Lemon Pepper Parlay, and you discussed those timeouts. You alluded to them. Um, it is true; like it does seem like the entire ESPN crew is making excuses for Saturday and saying, "Well, it could have been Matt Ryan calling a timeout." Oh my goodness! Which I guess it could have. You know, I, I, I but something should have slowed it. Something should have happened. I I, I kind of blame both, but um, also. You could say in the press conference, like, yeah, we we maybe should have used one there, right? He, he you can't did. be like, we, he did. I thought he said we had all the time we needed. He, on Monday, on Monday, he admitted. But here's guys, the, the people are not talking about the play that they should have called a timeout on. The play before Matt Ryan got sacked, that's mm -hmm. when you call a timeout. Yeah, you wasted right. forty seconds in that. I understand Matt Ryan has a long run, and you you kind of in that moment you're like, let's go for it. Like, like I get that everyone's sort of in that spot, but when Matt Ryan gets sacked, everyone has to run back to the line of scrimmage, get set up to run a play. That's when your timeout should have been called. I'm fine with them really not using the timeout on third on the second down scramble. It's the first down play that no one's talked about that cost him nearly forty seconds by not calling a timeout after he was stripped. Right? Would you have? And would you have in that moment? Ever, or any point in your career, call timeout on the field, knowing that like we no. need to call timeout. We have three timeouts. Why? And it's because it's the head coach's job, or it's just no, like, it's yeah, a, be overstepping her. It's, it's above my pay grade, buddy. Yeah. Um. Mm. And for a long period of time, too, like players couldn't call timeout. It was mostly on the coach to call timeout. I'm actually not sure if that rule still applies. I think quarterbacks can call timeout, obviously, and yeah. then like coaches. It used to only be head coaches only, um, as well. So this is not my job. Like my job is not to worry about the clock. So I would never get up in any situation. I might signal like, if, you know, if I know we need a timeout and oh, yeah, like, what are we doing time, here? Yeah. If everyone's doing the same time, but I'm not going to be like, Hey, referee, I'm the only person calling timeout. I don't work like that. Yeah. But you know what? It's, it's also just uh it's an involuntary reflex to do the timeout signal, right? Like you may, it might go in your head. And even as a lineman, you're like, okay, this is above my pay grade. Coach is going to be pissed if I do this, but Oh my God, I just, sorry, naturally made the T with my hands. And now the ref saw it. So it really, there's a fine line there, isn't there? Uh, I think it's like the bottom of my mind. Like I'm trying <laughs> really? to block the guy in front of me. 
I, I, I got to catch your breath. Yeah, yeah. There's other people that are worried about the clock than me. Like that's not my job. Yeah. So um, I don't think I've ever really got up and single timeout at any point in my career. Uh, I leave it up to the coaching staff or the, or the quarterback. All right. Now I want to get into some of these uh, championships, Pac-12 championship, yes. uh, Big 12 championship, but let's go over your chiefs. I mean, I'm calling them your chiefs. You back every week. And because mostly because you have to defend them to Damashek, who for whatever reason picks them to come in last every year. It's really silly at this point. It's why we kicked them off the podcast today. We can't have me. But anyway, I think this is a very important game for them. Uh, one that they've circled on the calendar. They blew that regular season game that they were up 21-7 to the Bengals. Obviously that AFC championship was a debacle I really love Mahomes and Reed in this situation. And uh, I'm thinking, talk me out of putting a lot of money on the Chiefs minus a couple. Yeah. So this is the game I think they circle in the offseason is the game they wanted sure. to, to be most prepared to play. Um, and that doesn't mean they're going to win the game because the Bengals are playing good football now. But if, if we're going to assume that this is the game that Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes said, we're going to be ready to play this season more than any other game, you're going to get the best game plan from them, right? You're going to get the best understanding of what they have mm -hmm. to do to win this game. And you're right. The first game, there was some things went against their way. They blew a lead. And the second game was, in fact, I, I still can't, again, I think the best way to describe it is if, if you had said that they were trying to throw the game, that would make more sense. <laughs> And then yeah, just yeah. losing the game, right? It just it made no sense for that to happen. Again, give the Bengals credit defensively; they made some adjustments in, in the second half of that game. And so, to me, if you if you're looking at this game, saying, "Look, this is everything the Chiefs have," we'll, we will see in this game, and that is obviously a reason to to back Pat Mahomes here. But it's also a big game, I think, just for kind of seedings in the AFC, right? Because if the Dolphins go and lose to the Niners, mm -hmm. um, if the Bills lose tonight, then you get another game up on mm -hmm. on your opponents for that one seed in the AFC. So it's a big game all even for even for the Bengals. Mm -hmm. If they lose this game and the Ravens can 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 do their job against the Broncos, now the Ravens get another game on the Bengals mm -hmm. as well. So as we look toward kind of where the seeding's at um in the conference, this is important. And lastly, look, the psyche of both teams, right? The Bengals win this game, they're going to the playoffs thinking we're going to beat the Chiefs again, right? Like there, there is a little bit of confidence right that plays a, a role in this game as well. But I think Mahomes is a under three point favorite is like 17 and five against the spread in his career. Some insane yep. number like that, That's because most often they don't lose these games. They're most excited to play. They're not excited to play the Rams as a 16 point favorite. That's not what sure. the Chiefs do well. It's these type of games. They play well. Yep. And I said the same thing last year they lost both games. So I, I, I I'm saying the same thing again, but I, I'm going to continue to go back to the same thought I had is the chiefs are going to get, their best performance of the year. The thing that yeah. gives me about this Kansas City offense, it's like obviously Tyreek Hill is one of the best deep threats in the history of the league. He goes, right? And the offense is just you whoa, know, whoa, 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 hold on. Me. He's gone. Yeah, I'm I'm changing my pick. I had yeah, no that idea. number 10 over there is Pacheco now. This you know happened this morning. Oh, all right. Go ahead. No, but so like Kansas City's offense, and it seems to be that that Travis Kelsey was more of the the engine that made the car go. Then, uh, then Tyreek, as you see, Kelsey is still, you know, obviously keeping things going. I don't do the Bengals have a way to match up with Kelsey and kind of eliminate him, or is it more along the lines of what we've seen all season? Yeah, I, I have always contended that Kelsey was the reason this team kind of got going, and I'm glad I've been validated by that with, with you know, without Tyreek Hill being this lineup. And you can certainly try to slow him down, and there have been times in his career that. Teams are able to do that. You kind of you find ways to double him. You hit him off the line of scrimmage with a defensive end. And again, you just put two eyes on him, right? Because if you if you single him up, you're not going to cover him very yeah. often. 
But what Mahomes has done best this season, better than any part of his career, is he's spreading the wealth around, right? I mean, he'll have oh, games yeah. where he has, you know, 20 completions to nine different receivers. So if Kelsey's not open, again, I mean, Kelsey's got to have a big game, I think, for them to win this. But you look at Juju's back, and you know, MVS is playing now. Kadaris Tony won't play. Mahardman's not going to play. Sky Moore had more of a role last weekend as well. They've incorporated other tight ends into the offense, the running back. So if Kelsey's taken away, which is a, a loss for the team if he can't, you know, be himself, um, I still believe they can win this game with the other weapons they have. Uh, I'm looking at the, the first game, the, uh, the 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 playoff game. Kelsey had nine, uh, ten, 10 receptions in the playoff game, I think it was. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know if the Bengals, again, it's hard to, to do that. And what, you know, again, what, what Andy Reid does so well is he finds matchups, right? He puts Kelsey on the move a lot. If you watch emotions a lot of times, so you can't double him. They move him in different places. So you can't get a, a beat on where he's going to be. And and then what makes it even tougher is that Kelsey just does what he wants sometimes. Like he, him and Mahomes have this relationship where give him a two-way yeah. go and he goes one direction and, and Mahomes finds him. Yeah, and also just by – just. You know, I'm not taking anything away from Kelsey, but just with Mahomes style play. Right. So it's not about it's not like a regular quarterback looking through one, two, three progressions. It's like, oh, boy, now we're through the third progression a third time, a fourth time. So (laughs) the big guy in the middle of the field is likely to get open in a a case like that. Right. When the quarterback's running around for 15 seconds. Yeah. And I think also, too, when Mahomes scrambles. He still doesn't have that wide receiver he trusts, where it was used to be Tyreek Hill. It is Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Like he, he when he scrambles, he's looking for Kelsey first. Right. And you know, the one thing I, I do wonder about this game too is in the in the second half of the playoff game, the Bengals just said, "Look, we're not going to let you pass the ball. We're going to drop any of coverage, and we're going to dare you to run the ball." Does Andy Reid run the football? Like, does he decide, "Hey, I'm going to kind of break from what I have done in my career, and yeah. if someone gives me the run, I'm going to take the run"? Because if they do. And the Bengals can stop the run. We saw last weekend against Tennessee. But if they're gearing up to stop the pass in this game, there might be opportunities for the Chiefs to run the ball, which they should have done mm-hmm. in the second half of that game anyways, yeah. and use that as their offense. You know, another reason they may want to empty the tank for this game is it's kind of easy the rest of the way, right? I don't want to say kind of easy, but it's it's been it's much easier than the first nine games where people like Damashek, uh predicted they'd go two and seven right so there's lots of broncos get, on, on on the schedule that's right that's i, yeah. I didn't want to say it I, didn't, I don't i don't like offending any particular one team but uh yes lots of broncos <laughs> on the schedule yeah, no, all right no. No. let's talk about college now um yes. what do you think of my idea my idea jeff because you know the committee is going to screw over tcu or usc regardless of that they win or not and put uh, Ohio State or Alabama in there. Why not just let Ohio State play Alabama this week? Just say, hey, you guys must play each other, and then we're going to figure out the screw job um, we have uh, to put forth um, come come Sunday. What do you Almost think? like like just idea of a loser bowl, like just like the yeah. loser bowl of college football. Yeah, except they're going to get the number four. They're almost definitely going to get the number four. Well, right? the thing. If you're USC and TCU, you actually get no benefit from playing this weekend. Like yeah. it'd be better if your game got forfeited and you'd be in the playoff. Because uh, if right. you lose this game, and I can argue that that's what the you know the system is. Other teams have had to do this as well, not just you you know USC and TCU. But yes, they are fine. They're trying to find a way to put Ohio State, and Alabama, and look, TCU is a under field goal favorite. I think USC is up to three now. Like it's very possible both those teams lose, and we get an Ohio State team that isn't as good as they've been in the past. Alabama team that's not as good as they've been in the past, and you have kind of basically two rematches, right? You're going to end up having Georgia, Alabama, and you're going to end up having mm-hmm. Michigan, Ohio State. Uh, playing each other again. Um, and I don't know. 
that's not good for college football. I, I'm no. fine with crowning the best team to win. Like I'm, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I have no problem. If Georgia wins again. I'm not one of these people that's like someone else should win. They're the best team. They should sure. win. But to have again a USC team that's twelve and one, a TCU team that's that's 13 zero right now, right? No, they're twelve and zero. USC is eleven and one. Like you're, you have a West Coast, you got a Texas, you got a Georgia, you got a Michigan. Like that feels like college football, right? And to have those teams yeah. out of it, and they they might lose, and then you end up having two Midwest teams, two South teams, kind of takes the fun out of out of you know the, the national aspect of college football. So I picked Utah to win the Pac-12 before the year started at plus 250. They obviously won the um, the first game against yeah. USC. It was great one, 43-42. Both teams had over 500 yards of offense. I'm taking Utah again, plus the points. If I can get three, uh, pretty great. Um, yeah, then the, they averaged almost 40 points a year anyway uh, that Utah has and number one scoring defense somehow. But it'll probably be at 30, you know, in the high 30s. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say Utah last, and I think that that – takes USC out of it. What are you yes. saying? Utah or USC? Well, so here's here's the way I look at, at this USC team. So they um they played 12 games this year. They played four against ranked opponents. They're plus 11 in turnover margin against ranked opponents. It's Ooh. it's unexplainable. Yeah. They beat Oregon State on the road and UCLA on the road. They each forced four turnovers in each game and won those by three points each. Um mm. They've played 12 games and have given up one whole fumble the entire season. Their defense is 107th in points per drive. Their special teams efficiency is 116th in the country. Jeff, I want to bet on USC, but I mean. (laughs) But they have Caleb Williams, and he erases it all. And he makes all the plays. He does not throw interceptable passes. Like, like that turnover margin number is not because they got lucky in the passing game. Caleb Williams doesn't throw passes. They're, they're interceptable very often. Like He does not make mistakes. And he erases all the issues they have on this team because his ability to score each and every drive to make the special plays is the difference in this game. You know, Utah's best player in this game might be their tight end. I, they, yeah. won, they, won, they, they won the first game that way. It feels hard to win the next game that way, right? With a tight end again. And so the ability for USC to create explosive plays on offense and their ability to turn the ball over, I'm I'm tired of saying regression's coming. I keep saying that each week and it never happens. So mm-hmm. at this point, I look, the best bet is Utah plus three, I think, if you're just asking me my, my wagering angle on this. Mm-hmm. But I think USC wins this game. I don't know how you bet against them right now. Really? Okay. Wow. That puts us, uh, you backed us into a corner here with only a two and a half, three point um, margin. Um, what's interesting is Tavian Thomas declared for the pros yes. running back, right? To get seven touchdowns for Utah and is not going to play in this. And, oh, and yeah, I know. Are we going to see yeah, like a that, lot of this? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So he's a, he's a specifically interesting case. Um, so he had a great year last year, right? He was like the the, the bell cow that rushing attack right. they had. He had a weird off season where I believe he had a, a family member pass away. Um, he he gained a bunch of weight. He wasn't in shape as much, and they were kind of talking about you know, whether or not yep. whether or not like he was kind of fully committed. He got benched at points this season. Didn't play other halves this season. Like there was a little bit of off the field concern about him. Then he came back in Stanford, I believe it was and rushed for a bazillion yards two weeks ago and mm-hmm. then didn't play against Colorado and was hurt and decided. So I'm not sure that that matters so much because they've had other players uh, have to get, you know, 
Uh, Bernard has 184 rushes. Glover has 78 rushes. Uh, Jacundin Jackson is 32, a former quarterback who's playing running back now. He's averaging six and a half yards a carry is uh, is Jackson. So they're going to be okay without him in the game. Obviously, him playing would be great, but they've managed to win a lot of games here without Thomas being the focal point of their offense. Okay. All right. So USC wins. You can't, you can't, you have to include them in the top four, right? Yeah, they're you USC. Yes. Okay. Uh, if they lose, they're they're out. Yes, they're, they're out. 12, they should they're be twelve out. and two with yes. two losses to the same team. They're out. Okay. Well, yeah. they can't. You can't wait to put in Ohio State. Like you just can't. You I know. know. All right, but yeah. to, to be fair though, if this was if this was the SEC and two Alabama and Auburn were undefeated up until the Iron Bowl, and then wouldn't it be the same scenario for Michigan and Ohio State that it is would be in a hypothetical for Auburn and Alabama? Like they would be like there's. I don't understand why people, look, I, I'm I think not Ohio like, State should be in. Oh, look, if Ohio State's eleven and one and USC's twelve and two, yeah, it'll be eleven. Yeah. Sorry, eleven and two. It'll be eleven and two USC and eleven and one Ohio State. I understand Ohio State getting in over USC, but the problem I think that people have is Ohio State didn't play that final game, right? Mm-hmm. And USC yeah. did, and Ohio State lost opportunity because they didn't beat the one team they had to beat. And because of that, they're in now over USC. If Ohio State had to play Michigan again this weekend, or it was Purdue sure. or anyone else, they have right. the possibility of losing as well. Do you punish? That's USC why you play them against Alabama. That's why yeah. my idea. That's you no, I, do I'm it. with you. So, like, do you punish USC for earning the right to play in their conference title game, but not allowing them to go to the playoff or right. TCU in the same manner? Now, I the argument to keep TCU and I think is much greater. They'll have one loss, right? Yeah, and they've yeah. been so many ranked opponents this season. If they're 12 and one, you can't put Ohio State in over TCU, in my opinion. They will. They will. Really? You think you so? Sure. I, yeah, I do. I that's only a 12 team playoff, man. The, yeah. The, the 12 team will be here soon. No, I know. Uh, and it's funny you bring that up because let's take Michigan for an example. They don't, they don't need to play this game, right? They're in no matter what. Yes. Why don't they pull a Tavian Thomas? Why don't they sit everybody? <laughs> oh, there's a thought. You know, there's a thought. They're not going Georgia. for a buy at this point. In the 12 team scenario, I could see why you wouldn't sit everybody. But why not yeah. sit everybody against Purdue? I mean, you could also make the case for Georgia to do the same thing as there, no matter what, mm-hmm. as well. Um, sure, but there. But what are they? What are you resting them for? You're not playing another game for another month. Like I understand if you're playing next week, you want to rest some guys, and if you lose, you lose. But you're not playing for another month, so I understand. You know the the. The 12-team format's interesting, guys. If you're a team like TCU or USC, mm-hmm. you're probably not winning the championship this year. Like, do we agree on that? Like, mm-hmm. Georgia's – like, they're not – you're not good enough right now to win. Probably, Maybe in a yeah, couple of years, but you're likely. not. Would you rather yeah. have a bye or a home playoff game? Uh, so you're saying f- – um, you, Would you rather be the f- top, top four, four like, you like, get a like, bye? Like, would, you, would, you, would you rather be the four seed though. or bye or be the five seed – and, and have a home have a home playoff game. Yeah, but you would get both if you were a four seed. You get a bye and then a home game. No, you? neutral site. Oh, I see. I see. Okay, I see. I didn't even know that. The fan in me says, "Give me that five seed, and let's see this thing on campus. Like that would be live." Yeah, the but, way you set it up, if you don't have a chance to win the title, the answer is yes, a five seed, right? Yeah, I I, I think that's why Notre Dame loves a the spot they're in because they're never going to have a bye, so they're always going to have mm-hmm. a home playoff game in the playoffs every time they're in. They're not in this year, obviously, but like that, that's kind of fun. Like a home playoff game in some of these cold weather. Sure. Like in, you went to Eugene, imagine it a month later hosting a playoff game. It'd be incredible. 
Right. No, absolutely. Uh, we're going to talk about that Eugene visit in a second. Um, this Michigan, while I have it, they have odds on there. I want you to guess the line here. Uh, Michigan against any opponent they would play the rest of the way. Michigan against USC. Martin, what do you think the line would be? Uh, I think, what, Michigan by three, four? I think, uh, they're, favored, I think they're favored by like nine in that game, wow. right? Twelve and a half. Oh, wow. So, uh, that's crazy to me. 12 and a half. Michigan, Georgia, which is uh what everyone really kind of wants to see, right? If it plays out. I, I guess I guess okay. about eight. I have Georgia by a touchdown. It's five and a half. Wow. So that means Georgia USC would be what 15? Yeah, I, I saw I yeah. saw like 16. I saw 16 or 16-ish on the first when I first saw the lines come out. Georgia, then, think about Georgia, like when they want to play their best, no one's beating them. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. Michigan. No, it's true. I know. I know. We're just spinning our wheels here. All right. Just let's get to TCU, Kansas State real quick. TCU also two and a half. Yeah. Uh, they won 38 28. They were actually losing 28 17 in that game and came back. Um, but for me, it comes down to this Adrian Martinez is not winning the Big 12 championship game. I'm sorry. 37 <laughs> 31. TCU wins and they don't have to worry about anything the, the rest of the way. There, there, feel it, it feels like, you know, TCU, this is like their season, right? The way they played this year, they've had multitude of ways they've won games, whether it was the first Kansas State game, a big comeback, whether it was that 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 great execution of that hurry-up field goal to beat Baylor. They just kind of have everything going in their direction, and it does feel like in this spot they're going to win and cover this game. They're well-coached. They kind of have a combination of two good things happening, right? So the Gary Patterson years – they're a heavy defensive team. So you lose the head coach, who's the defensive guy, but your guys are still there to play good defense. Yep. And you're bringing the offensive side of it with Sonny Dykes. You marry the two together. You have this team this year that's, that's much better on defense than any Sonny Dykes team will ever be, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. you have the great offense with the offensive mind. And you have this TCU team. So I think TCU does win this game. It's in Dallas. Like, it's basically a home game for them. Right. Um, it's going to happen. Um. Let me ask you: If Caleb Williams throws four picks Friday night, who gets the Heisman? Does Caleb Duggan get it? He still gets it. Yeah, he's yeah. such a big favorite now. I bet. I bet happen? a bunch of voters already voted already. Oh, like really? They, should, they shouldn't have, but I'm sure they did. That's yeah. wild. Yeah, they're not supposed to. Wow, he really just came. No, I don't no, say out of nowhere. Whenever but, you no, you can vote whenever you want. It opens up on yeah. I open up on Sunday, but you shouldn't. I agree with you. Well, why would you? Why, you know, what? Lazy? It, I don't know. It, it, it just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm busy that week. I don't know. I might forget, like, kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's weird. All right. So, yeah, I, I I say TCU wins. I see USC loses. And then we get Ohio State fourth. Hey, Eddie Spaghetti bet Ohio State. Now, when they had lost to Michigan, they were 50 to 1 odds to win the whole thing. Now they're plus 750. That's Spaghetti. Spaghetti, tell, tell everybody why that's your best bet. I mean, obviously, they're going to have to. You're gonna you're thinking USC loses spaghetti and that's where th- Ohio State goes. Yeah, I think TCU wins. I think Quinn Johnson Johnson coming back is great for them. And um I think USC, like Jeff talked a lot about it. I did see them in person, you know, versus Notre Dame last week. Uh and the reason they won that game was not because of Kayla Williams purely, it was because of Austin Jones had a, a buck fifty-four on the ground. He dominated the Notre Dame's defensive line. So uh, I just think that Utah is just the, the more complete team. They'll stop that um when he has one of the most underrated coaching 
college football. I and mean, just USC's like their their victories, like Jeff said, they beat Oregon State by three, UCLA by three, they beat a four loss Notre Dame team. It's like at least Utah, they went to Gainesville, they played Florida, at least they played Oregon, like they played the tougher team. So um, yeah. I don't I don't really buy USC as this great team, um, and I think they are going to go down. And then I think that means that a four C will be Ohio State. And then I think Ohio State at, at times, CJ Stroud could be the best quarterback in the nation and they have a great receiving core. And I think that, you know, Georgia hasn't slipped up yet, but it, it they could be, you know, the next or the first four seed since the inaugural year of the playoff to win the entire thing. I'm thinking, uh, I wish I wasn't so angry at Ohio State. Sorry, Martin. I did pick them to beat Michigan and I was so down on them. I wish I would have seen 50 to one odds and thought it through and be like, oh yeah, let's put a few bucks on Ohio State. They're going to be, they p- potentially be there when it all matters. Yeah. Um, it's not fair really to Georgia though. Is it Jeff? Like if Ohio state gets in there just by the odds, I just read you Ohio state would be a seven point dog to Georgia versus a USC who we just figured out would be like a 15 point dog. Right? No, it's certainly not, but Georgia will smoke Ohio state too. So it doesn't so? matter. Like yeah. doesn't, if Michigan, if Michigan did that, guess what Georgia's going to do. Sorry. Like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, when, when Georgia beat Oregon week one, uh, their coach Kirby Smart said, "Yeah, we just have better players than they do. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have better players than everyone of us. Like that's why you're Georgia. It's why you're number one in the country right now. Um, you have right. better players across the board than the other teams do, and that matters a lot in these in these big games." Yeah, um, I was I speaking of having better yeah, players. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently, Blake Horm has zero shot to win the Heisman after hurting his knee uh, and being like basically the best player on the under the undefeated team, um, mm-hmm. but. Uh, d- how do you think Michigan's chances are going forward without him? Like, I know you said that the next yeah. meaningful, they got, obviously got to be Purdue or play Purdue, but the next meaningful game will be in a month. But if he can't go with Donovan Edwards and the rest of the running game, what do you think that would be like? I mean, they, they played pretty well against Ohio State, right, without without him in there. And part of that was Ohio State kind of selling out to stop the run, didn't have any safeties, and boom, Edwards popped free those last two runs. Um I think Michigan, by the way, wins and covers against Purdue. I, I don't think that game is. Yeah. It, it has shades of hmm. last year's Iowa game. Maybe, maybe Purdue can score a little bit more than right. Iowa can, um, but they should be fine without them. I mean, I I think their offensive line is one of the better units again in the country this season. Especially if they have a month to prepare a game plan for TCU, let's say, or or USC, they'll be fine. Now against Georgia, you'd like to have you know all your guys healthy and available uh, to play in that in, in, in that type of game. Just every weapon possible would be very important. But I don't think they're going to have a problem this weekend without them, and a problem against the first round opponent if they are the two seed. Yeah, um, I hate to bring this up, but you know, and there there are. Losses that sting, obviously, when you played, it's going to hurt more if you played on a team that blew a big lead. But boy, oh boy, Oregon State coming back and beating Oregon in that fashion has to be the 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 most debilitating of all losses, right? He only completed like six passes out of Oregon oh, State quarterback. Oh, be, and, oh, and, and he completed six. one. I didn't, oh, I didn't in know the, that. In the comeback. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was bad, guys. Um, <sighs> yeah, we got we got punked at the last scrimmage in that fourth quarter, and. What's so interesting is is we have we were good against the run all season. Like I don't know what happened. I don't know why we just fell asleep in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. I mean, there were times when we didn't touch the running back till seven eight yards down the field. I, yeah. It just it's mind blowing to see that happen. And you know, there were some mistakes on offense, but I, I can't really fault an offense that had thirty four points and five hundred yards against the second best defense in our conference. Like that's Oregon State allowed seventeen points to USC. We had thirty four. Right. Like I'm I'm part of their offense, and it becomes. 
you know, there's more on the offense and your defense can't can't do anything. Our punt team was stinky. Our kickoff return team had some mistakes. It was mm-hmm. it was just it was. And we lost. Look, if you told me we went nine and three with Dan Lanning in his first year, I'd be ecstatic. And I'm still very excited for the future of our program. But the two losses to our two rivals sting a lot. And you kind of had just have to eat that for the rest of the season yeah. until you play Washington and Oregon State again. But he's on the recruiting trail today, getting our five star quarterback making them happy, get them in, in town in January and, um, you know, closing some recruits out, some transfers, a new offensive corner. I, I feel good about where we're at, but that was a bad way to lose a football game. Bo Nix, you say may come back. He's, he's leaning I, towards coming yeah, back, right? Retirement. I think he yeah. is. Yeah. Um, he'll be like 25 next year. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> but I, it's just so like, it's can you lot. imagine being like 24 years old? I think it's going to be 24, 24. He's married. In Eugene, like I don't know, like what do you do? What do you what do you do with yourself? Like, what are you doing? The Let me, uh, I was married in Eugene a couple of weeks ago. I went. We took my son, my oldest, on a college recruiting tour. I don't know what it was, but uh, we went to see the Utah game. That place was really loud, really, really loud. Fun. That was a fun win. Uh, a minor upset because they didn't know if Nick's was starting, so they became an underdog uh, before kickoff. And then he jumps in there, and uh, but then I told you the next day I went to a bar. And that promised to have all the games, all the Sunday games. And it ended up being a Bills bar and they had somehow had Sunday ticket. I'm like, oh, God. And so now I'm just watching on my phone all day because it was too, too late to uh, reorganize and try to figure out what was the the name of the bar. The cooler. cooler. And you have a story (laughs) from the cooler, right? Yeah. Oh, man. That's right by the stadium, right? Still there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So my 21st birthday was at the cooler and it was, uh, I had never thrown up in my life, uh, drinking and I could drink a lot in college. Um, and my, my, my offensive line mates were going to make sure I threw up that night. And I drank a lot at the cooler. It was middle of July, July 11th. We're at the cooler and they just kept feeding me drinks. Like not the amount of drinks I had. I think I told you, Sal, they were just, I had a Long Island iced tea and they were, as Ugh. people left their seats around the bar, they picked up the drinks and poured them in my Long Island iced tea. Um, they made oh. me drink some gross stuff. Like there was a cement mixer. There was a a drink um, that it was uh, uh, tequila, Tabasco and mayonnaise. Like I just, it's just so gross. Oh, no. And I threw up of course, but oh, you know, I'm only 21 years old. Like, what do you do? Like I rallied and was out on the lake the next morning. <laughs> I couldn't do that now, um, but the cooler, yeah. man, that brings back like, a lot of memories. Your oh, family's man. like, you're coming home during the summers from now on. What is this nonsense? <laughs> <laughs> you're staying in the middle of July, drinking your face off. I mean, you were uh, a star lineman at that point, right? I, yeah, I mean, I guess I was, I was, uh, I star was starting. I don't know if I was a star. I did have some billboards, though, at Oregon, so I'll take, oh, nice. uh, I had two billboards. I had one outside the airport one year. So the first face you saw when you came into Eugene was, Jeff Schwartz and Max Unger. So that's wow. a, always a fun memory. Did you like it though? It was, it's it's nice up there, right? We loved it. And I worry that it's too big. My, my son, who the only guidance he gave us is like, I want to go to a, a place where there's a good football team. And I said, all right, good. And then we went and I, I, it was just so massive. That crowd is so great. And the energy is it was so too great. much. I, I wonder if it scared him, but more, more than that, you bring up a good point with the cold weather. I came, I went from cold weather to a cold weather school uh, so did Martin. I don't, it, it's different from a SoCal boy, it's right? Hard. Going, going yeah, out there. Yeah. It's hard. Um, the hardest part is not really the cold. It's the, it's the no sun. Like you just yes. don't see the sun for months at a time. And Eugene, right. like that was, so my first, my first winter there, we had an abnormally warm winter in, in Eugene. So I was fine. The next mm-hmm. winter 
I had to call my parents. I was like, I need to come home and see the sun. Like it's just, you just don't see the sun. It's just gray from November till March. But then mm-hmm. from March until November, it's awesome. But it's like, you're just outside the entire time. You're flowing the river, you're drinking, you're having a good time. Uh, you're going right. to sporting events. Um, that track stadium, which I'm sure you saw is incredible. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of things to do. Um, if, if you're a student there, you go to Portland's two hours away. So um, it's just getting through those winter months is is kind of a stinker. Yeah. See, well, I was, I yeah. moved to, I moved to Michigan in sophomore year of high school. So I came from warm weather. I just had like a, a smooth two day or two year rather bump before going to college. The mm-hmm. thing that was the worst, it's not seeing the sun. Yeah. It never, it never shines. And, and if it, it's, it's gray, from November to St. Patrick's Day. And that's just yeah. that that is that is truly the worst part. That's the thing that your son's gonna have to deal with the best. Cause out here it never it never stops shining. Correct. Well, if, if you're drinking, you'll see a lot of stars if you drink Long Island iced teas just mixed with everyone's <laughs> beer and Tabasco sauce and everything. And mayonnaise. That's oh, what I'm doing. The cooler, man. I can't they can't be <laughs> out of all the places to go. Where were you staying? You know, it was a walk from the hotel, the Even Hotel, I think. We're, Evan, E-V-E-N. That's a new hotel. hotel. When I was yeah. in school, there were like three hotels in the entire city. Well, I think they've changed. I think they've uh, upgraded a few hotels. There's um, more now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so there you go. I hope I mean, he goes there. I think it's good. Only because I don't want to visit any more schools. I think that's how many. Uh, how much? How many does Austin Stadium sit? How many people were there? If it's a uh, capacity, it's like 59, but that's like 102% capacity gotcha. i think it seats like 57 but i don't know i guess that's students probably they just jam all the students in and create yeah. more create a bigger crowd yeah there was no gotcha. room for anything it was it's loud like it's really loud and you don't you don't really get seats right like you we had you know we we got to our seats a few minutes late There's and benches you, yeah you, yeah you can't get anyone to move down it's like all right why do we have to lap it here with my nine-year-old like you're clearly two guys taking up four seats can you move yeah. but anyway people were nice though in general i will say that uh, Jeff Schwartz, what do you want to plug? I mean, Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. That's obvious by this podcast. What else you yeah. got? It, well, that's really what I have. Just go to my, my Twitter. By the way, are you looking forward to Oregon being in the Kimmel Bowl? I kind of hope this happens now. I was going to ask you, do you? I mean, don't, don't they have to be the fifth? I, last okay, year was so, the fifth place Pac-12 team against well, the first I, place I don't think there's West. any of I don't think there's any affiliations anymore about rankings. I think it's basically oh, okay. like kind of can choose like choose your own adventure. So I think <laughs> if, if, uh, but but if Utah wins, that knocks everyone down a bowl, right? So Utah then right. goes to the Rose Bowl, USC mm-hmm. goes to the Alamo Bowl, and then it kind of goes down from there. And then Washington probably gets chosen by the Holiday Bowl. Like there's an yeah. order which the Bulls choose, and right. Oregon might be down there the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, which is like I love it. It's early, right? It's like December 18th. It's super early in the process, and it's a day game, and they got a good like they have a reputable announce crew for it this year. Like this is oh, yeah, this could be interesting. Upgrade is it? Who's is it? Mountain West still. It's Mountain West, so they're. Um, I think Boise is expected. Everything I read oh, it says Mountain Boise West one. You get Mountain West one or Mountain West two. It's a big difference. I think the one because it was uh, it was Utah State last year, and they were the one. Yeah, I, I don't know unless they changed it. Like you said, I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not to sure fly. I'm about to fly to L.A. for the, the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. To Please see, do uh, to see uh, yeah. the Oregon Ducks play. Oh, that'll be fun. Kimmel is a bowl. It's incredible. It's so much. It's, it's really so funny. Fun. From Grace, oh. you needed to be in that Rose Bowl for crying out loud. But oh, no, we'll uh, we'll have a good time. I will be there in town. Go. It's wait, I wait, will I be in town for this game? I'm gonna be in town. 17th? In LA. I, yeah, yeah, I will. I got I got I got a bot mitzvah to go to at 4 30 on the 17th. So oh, I can, really? I can, catch, I can catch the first half of Oregon's in town. <laughs> oh wow. Oh, that's great. Okay, let's do that, and then I'll go with <laughs> you to the bot mitzvah. Let's do it. That'll be your plus one. That'll be perfect. Fun. Yes. Jeff, 
Jeff, thanks a lot, man. I hey, appreciate it. This take care, great. guys. Have a good one. There you go, Martin. I feel smarter about this college slate. Um, I mean, I just know that Jeff. I mean, if you're going to pick a Jeff to coach uh-huh. your team, that's I would one. pick the Jeff that had the podcast that he's smarter than you. <laughs> that would be <laughs> my. It. That would be my choice. If there's an offensive lineman Jeff out there, yeah, yeah, he needs to rub elbows with some of the higher ups there in these organizations. Then he can get a job. It's not that hard. All right, pup of the week, Martin. Let's do it. I'll tell you what. I'm taking the Texans. I know they're the worst team. I think they step it up this week. I don't uh, expect Deshaun Watson. I mean, he hasn't played football in two years. So um, they're definitely going to get off to a slow start, I would feel. I say Texans in the first half, but I think they win the game 23-21. They're pitiful. They're going to win one of those teams that has this game circled on their calendar, much like the Bills did with the uh, – I'm sorry, the Pats did with the Bills and the Chiefs did with the Bengals. 23-21 Texans, what's your pup of the week? No, I love that, especially uh... – I know this. I don't know if they went out right, but definitely the seven. Like you can't laying seven on or with Deshaun Watson sounds like fool's gold, like fool's errand at this point in time. Yeah. I'm taking King Henry and the Tennessee Titans to run mm. through the Eagles, give them the second loss of the year. Uh, Titans go to eight and five and, you know, essentially run away with the AFC South. And they, like they do every other year when, yep. uh, when nobody expected, you know, I'm, I'm Tennessee here against the Eagles. Uh, I'll give a final score like you uh, like to do uh, 24, 17. All right. And Dave Damashek said the Dolphins, although spaghetti, you said there was some, uh, uh, you guys who tried to, you convinced them to take the Dolphins, well, right? On minus the, three. <laughs> yeah. The crux of the podcast, the large part was <laughs> can Jimmy G win Super Bowl LVII. And that was like a big part talking point. And myself and Hench both said that like, Hey, the Dolphins getting four points. Uh, I know it's on the road, but their offense is scoring like a crazy amount. And you know, the 49ers defense, uh, I mean, offense rather only, you know, they only scored 13 points right. versus uh, the saints last week. So I thought, yeah, look, we, we, we all said that. So, and Dave stuck with the 49ers. So to hear the switch back uh, less <laughs> than 24 best. hours is, uh, is something yeah. else. All right. Well, well, he will have the 49ers on the graphic. So there'll they'll be, there'll be all different kinds of things going on with check. I don't think he's done uh, <laughs> the inconsistency. All right. I got a lot of money on Germany, so I should uh, check that game out now. World cup talk. Martin, did we win Saturday? It'd be fun to get to the great eight. We could say we're one of the eight best teams in the world. Yeah, it'd be Netherlands? fun. It, like they, in the words of Dave Damashek, it'd be a fun bet, but I don't <laughs> it's think a it's a fun bet. Yeah, it's not, not hitting. It's not happening. No, too many penis injuries on the U.S. men's squad. There you go. All right, uh, extrapoints.com slash arcade. Play the prop quiz. Play the pick'em contest. Hundred bucks, gold caps. I'll have a big announcement for all of us uh, next week. Ooh. Fingers crossed. It's going to be fun. I'm a tease. That's what they call a tease, Martin. And a uh, reminder to everyone out there, you may feel like underdogs, but please remember, you're all my favorites. 